Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hey everyone, Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. We have a super awesome guest today, Nina Spears. She is the founder of Baby Chick. Nina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tara. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. We are very excited. So you have a long history of starting as a doula, now founder of Baby Chick. Can you tell our guests a little bit more about yourself and your journey and what you currently do? Absolutely. I first started working with moms as a baby planner and basically a baby planner. Think of it as a wedding planner who helps you plan for your wedding day, but a baby planner who helps you plan for your big baby day. (laughs) So helping plan with baby showers and your registry and setting up the nursery and returning baby items and all that stuff. And I once went to one of my baby planning clients births. She invited me and she had a doula and I sobbed like a baby because I thought it was so beautiful. And I knew that I had to be there to help women during their birthing experience as well. So I became a certified birth doula and then became a licensed massage therapist so that I knew how to properly touch and manipulate the body um, to make women feel more comfortable. And then I realized women needed more support even after having the baby. So I got certified as a postpartum doula. And then I got certified as an infant massage instructor uh, and so many others. I have loved supporting women over the past 11 years. And yeah, I've helped over 700 families and have been to over 300 births. And in 2015, my husband was like, oh my gosh, Nina, you have such a passion and knowledge for all of this. You should really do something with all all of this. So we started Baby Chick and now we have a digital media company that's all about supporting women through their pregnancy all the way through motherhood. So yes, it has been such a journey and a beautiful one. And I just love supporting moms in any way that I possibly can. Okay. That's amazing. First off, we need to go back to the baby planner because I have never heard of such a thing. Can you, is, is this a thing? Is there like, you can just look up baby planners. Yes, you actually can. And I will tell you the backstory. So I, when I had graduated college, I was working uh, in sales and I saw my sales partner. She was so diligent about planning everything and being ready. I was even in the room when she announced, uh, or when her doctor announced on speaker with her and her husband on the phone, it's a boy. And I just was so interested in this. And when I started working, I quit my job to work at this like mom and baby boutique to like figure out my life. And I realized that women have no idea what they need or what they want or what they're doing when they're pregnant. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, there really should be somebody that they can call and ask questions and have that support through their pregnancy. So they feel just so much more prepared and excited for the big day. And I thought I was a genius. I thought, I thought of this whole new 
Oh. business idea. And then I Googled it and there's a certification for baby planning. Oh, no way. Okay. <laughs> I know. So I got certified as a baby planner and then started helping uh, women that way and really helping them pick out the right products, uh, helping them set up the, the nursery, what they need in, in their house, planning for the postpartum time, just basically being, like I said, your wedding planner that makes everything go smoothly, knows all the contacts, where to shop, who to call, all the resources. That's what I did for mamas um, when I first started my journey. That is so cool. I, you know, and I have four kids. I'm in the baby industry, obviously, um, being the founder of Dreamland Baby. I have this podcast and I've interviewed tons of people. And this is the first time I've heard of a baby planner. So <laughs> there truly is a planner for everything. That is amazing. And it's really neat to hear. Then you went into being a certified doula and a licensed massage therapist and a postpartum doula and an infant massage. So you have really touched every aspect from the birthing the birthing preparation to the birth, to the postpartum. Can you tell me a little bit how all of that information and knowledge and, and experience translated into starting baby chick and you know what the mission is there? Yeah. So our mission at baby chick is really to inspire, educate and uplift mothers. I noticed that whenever I was working with families, they were asking me a lot of the same questions over and over again. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm saying the same things over and over and I'm recommending the same things. And I really should just have all this written down or on a podcast or something like that, that I can refer them to that they feel like they can trust that they know that someone has really done their due diligence to research, uh, what they're writing down and truly believes in what, what they're recommending. Um, it's, you know, I, I love moms. I'm a mom myself and and I have two little ones and a, a four-year-old and a 16-month-old. So I'm in the thick of it with you, mamas. <laughs> and, you know, having tried so many things, uh, my clients were like, I, I trust you, Nina, because I know that you've been through this and you've helped a lot of women throughout, uh, throughout the whole way. And so that's when Brian was like, yeah, why don't you just do that? And let's, let's make it a thing. Let's make this something for, for moms to feel like it's, it's their friends that they can talk to, but also, um, an expert in this field that's, uh, has more than just my personal experience, but also professional, um, training and, uh, professional experience with other families. Yeah, no, I think, I think that is so awesome. And we hear this a lot. This is, I'm, I'm putting on my business cap for a minute, but where you have this knowledge and expertise and you're touching these families one by one, you've helped over 700 families, but then you take it onto a digital realm and think about how many families you touch maybe 700 every day, right? That you can reach so many more people by being online. Okay. So today Nina has some really awesome takeaways for us and some tips and lessons. Do you want to jump into the first one? Sure. Absolutely. So yes, the first one that I think that families, when they're expecting that they really need to prepare for is to plan for your postpartum time, just as much, if not more, the time that you're planning for your birth. I think that birth can be such a, you know, beautiful and wonderful time, but also really 
overwhelming and can be scary. You don't know what you're going to experience. Even if you've done it before, you don't know how your next experience is going to be. And so I am so glad. Yes, do the birth plan. Really educate yourself on the options that are available. Bring the support around you so that you can have a good birthing experience because that can help you have a better postpartum experience. But also don't forget about this really crucial and vulnerable time at the postpartum time and birthing. I like to tell people that's, you know, the longest is usually a three-day experience, whereas motherhood that is forever. And postpartum, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. Some people will say, oh, it's the first three months. And some will be like, no, it's the first year of your baby's life. And whichever way you look at it, it's substantially longer than your birthing experience. And this is the time when we really need to mother our mothers so that they can feel so much more prepared and ready for what, <laughs> what this little baby is going to bring into their lives and what they're going to be learning from themselves. Because no longer are they the maiden they're now they birth the mother inside of them and they're learning so much about themselves so so just think of the options that you have available to you find the support that you need in advance so if you know hey i have a history of depression i that means i have a higher chance of experiencing another uh, postpartum mood disorder whether that be postpartum anxiety postpartum depression, postpartum OCD, postpartum psychosis. These are important things to start thinking about and, and getting that support lined up of, okay, where is a therapist that I can talk to to potentially get help? Okay, whether I have a vaginal birth or a C-section, I'm going to maybe need pelvic floor therapy. So who is a good uh, pelvic floor therapist that I should be looking out to? Okay. I have a dog and I'm not going to be walking that dog. Can I have that set up? I don't want to be cooking that much. Can I maybe meal prep in advance and, and do some batch cooking or set up a meal train service for friends and family to be able to uh, bring food for my family? Do I want some help in the middle of the night? Should I look for a night nanny? Should I look for a night postpartum doula? Do I want day help? Uh, so should I look for a daytime postpartum doula? Do I really want to have success with breastfeeding? Maybe I should look for a local IBCLC who can help me and support me during that time as I learn how to get the best latch with my little one. Even if you don't need that help, you'll at least know the number to call if you do. Uh, so, so really thinking about these things before the baby arrives and having those numbers lined up will make you feel that much more prepared. And also having a good conversation with your partner of, you know, what are our parenting expectations? Do you expect me to do all the diapers? Do you expect me to do all the feeding? Um, and what do I expect of you to do? I Do I expect you to do all the diapers? Do I expect you to help with also the night feedings? Really talk about what your expectations are and get on the same page so that you guys can really get on the uh, good first steps uh, into parenthood together. Those would be my first things on planning for your postpartum time and really writing that out. So then you're not like, oh, did I, did I say this <laughs> or what did we agree on that? Have it all written down. Actually on Baby Chick, we have a great postpartum uh, template that yeah. you can download. It's completely free and then you can just fill it out. So you'll maybe see some questions that you didn't even think of that will really help you prepare for a much better and smoother postpartum time. And that's actually what I was going to ask you. Do you guys have a template? Because I'm scribbling down all these notes and 
half of these things I, I hadn't even thought of. We will make sure to get that in the show notes so everybody can get a link to that. But I couldn't agree more with this, you know, really lining up all the potential and you don't know, are you going to need a pelvic floor therapist? You know, do you maybe need a therapist? And so it's really having it as that safety net. So, you know, all the options. And if you are feeling overwhelmed and you do need to kind of pull on those levers, it's right in front of you. And now you're not sleep deprived. Your hormones aren't going crazy. You don't have a new baby that's crying and you're trying to figure this out. So I love that. I want to talk a little bit more about the conversation with the partner and getting on the same page. For me personally, I, um, I breastfed all my babies. And so at night, my husband was really like, well, you know, there's nothing for me to do. You are breastfeeding. So I'm going to go sleep on the couch. So I was up all night by myself and With my first three, anybody who knows the dreamland baby story knows they slept reasonably well, but with my fourth, he was still waking up every hour and a half until he was six months old. Thus I created a sleep product. And with him, that was really hard because then I had three, my, when Luke was born, my baby, my other three were five, four, and three. So I had five, four kids, five and under really little. And I was getting them up, bringing them to preschool. You know, my husband would go off to work. And so I was up all night long with this crying baby for six months. And I never asked him for help. And looking back on it and really now again, being in the baby industry and having these conversations, I'm like, that was completely on me. And also on him because he never offered, but I think it was just like, oh, what am I going to do with the baby at night? And so I'd love to get your input on, you know, how you kind of direct and guide those conversations. And especially for the women in my case that are saying, well, if I'm breastfeeding, what is he to do? Where can he help? What what do you think on that? Oh my goodness. Well, first I want to say, Tara, you are not the only mama that I've heard say this. And I don't want you to feel bad or your husband to feel bad that, oh, why didn't I bring this up? Like, you know, that is perfectly okay. And I also want to tell your listeners that, you know, if that's what works for your family, then that is what works for your family. Not everyone, you know, they're, they're, what they do and how they get through parenthood uh, is looks the same. And we have to find what works best for our families. I will say though, having that conversation ahead of time so that you can really talk about expectations and wants and wishes really kind of sets the tone for what to expect when the baby arrives. So when a partner is like, well, there's not much that I can do because you're breastfeeding the baby. I then usually step in as a postpartum doula and I go, oh, you know what, dad, you are so amazing. There's so many wonderful things that you can also help with because whenever you are feeding a baby, then there's burping, then there's changing, then there's swaddling, then there's rocking, then there's putting the baby down back to bed. And guess what? Those are wonderful things that you are capable of doing as well. And if mom is bottle feeding, maybe getting that bottle ready, making sure that all of that's set up. And you know what? Does mom have water still by her bedside while she's nursing in the middle of the night? Um, Sometimes she might need a little snack too. Even, yes, in the middle of the night, just having like a half a 
slice or like some crackers with peanut butter and like some apple slices, that's like a perfect thing to have. Because as a postpartum night doula, I have done that many a times. And it's so nice when a mom, I will go in, I will help make sure that there is a good latch that every, that she is well supported, has, you know, pillows under her arms, pillows under her knees and the baby in a good position. She's feeling comfortable. And then I go and make her a snack. Then when the baby's done nursing on one side, I will change the diaper while mom takes a little bit of her snack and her water. Then I will give the baby back now that it has a clean, fresh diaper. She'll feed on the other side. I then take the dishes, put them in the sink. And then when she's done with that other side, I'll take the baby, burp the baby, swaddle the baby and put baby down. And I say, see, look at all these things that I was able to help with. And I know that you can do as well. And I don't expect dads to, or any partner to be able to do those all the time, but there are some nights when mom's just like, I am struggling. I really need some help. And those are some very practical things that anybody can do, whether that's grandma, a postpartum night doula, night nanny, or a partner. So, so those are usually some things that I recommend when a partner's like, I don't know what I can do to help in the middle of the night, because there are so many helpful things that you can do. Yeah. And I love that. And I think a lot of this stems from our family of origin. So I, I'm one of five and I remember it really was my mom who she came out for two weeks. My, my parents live in Boston. That's where I was raised and I live in California. And so she came out for two weeks with each of my babies And with my first, it really set the tone and I was breastfeeding, like I said, and then my mom said to my husband, like, oh, you need to sleep in another room because you need to go back to work. And like, I'm here to help. So don't do anything basically. And then she left two weeks later and it just stayed that way. Instead of him picking up the things she was doing, I just picked him up and he still kept sleeping in a different room and he went to his office and my husband is not a jerk. It's just really not a conversation we had, but I just remember her saying like, there's no reason you guys should both be up. And while that's nice, it's, you know, we, this is both of our babies, not just mine. So I think also, you know, having that conversation and saying, well, mom, thank you for that advice. But me and my husband have talked about it and this is where we think he can help. And even maybe you want to talk a little bit about mom, mothers and in-laws because that my in-laws are amazing. And my mother-in-law lives in our town. So she was super respectful, would come over, ask if I want to take a nap and, and take the baby for a little bit, or, you know, can I bring over some dinner for you guys? But I know there's definitely sometimes those in-laws that are just, especially when you're close proximity, or if you're not, and they want to come for two weeks and, you know, how do you navigate that? And is that another conversation you want to have ahead of time? Oh yes, absolutely. That is the conversation that you want to have with your partner, because you know what, you don't need to have that conversation with your in-laws. Your partner can have that conversation with your (laughs) in-laws because those are his or her parents. And that's not your responsibility to speak to them on your family's wishes, not just your wishes, but this is your family's wishes. Um, But I do also want to say back to like your original story with your mom, I would have been like, Oh mom, you're right. Actually let him sleep while you're here. But then when you're not, 
let's yeah. have him get up and help with those things. Because yeah, if you do have the help, great. Yes. Let one person get all that sleep. So then they're even more well-rested and willing and able and capable of helping when you're even more, you're even more tired because it's been a couple of weeks and you need that help more than ever. So I want to say that to, to families who understand that. Cause my mom did the same. She was here for two weeks. And then I had my mother-in-law here for a week. Then I had my aunt here for a week. And then my mom came back for another week. So I had like five weeks weeks of help. Yeah. And I made sure to set that up in advance. Um, even though I didn't have inductions or a C-section, I just said, I will call you when I need you, please just be available (laughs) during this time frame. So you can set up that help if you really, really want it. But yeah, when it comes to mother-in-laws and wow, Tara, that is so awesome that you have such supportive and wonderful in-laws because I know not all of us are as blessed. (laughs) with in-laws like that. But if you do have such wonderful in-laws who are just wanting to help and you're wanting to set certain boundaries, again, that's that conversation to have with your partner when you are working on your postpartum plan. Talk about who is able to like come uh, the first couple of days. If you even want visitors the first couple of days, um, how long do you want those visits to be? Uh, is it okay for them to be over for an hour or three hours? Um, really talk about what's going to exhaust you. Are you comfortable nursing in front of your baby if you are breastfeeding? So think about these things and have that conversation and then have your partner have this conversation with, with his or her parents because they have that bond with their parents and say, you know, this is, this is my priority. This is now my family. We have come together as the family and have made these decisions. We would love your help in these ways. Thank you so much. We also want to have our privacy in these ways. And thank you so much for respecting them. So it doesn't have to be an ugly conversation. It's just setting your boundaries in a really healthy and kind way so that they can understand that, all right, this is, this is what they want. And this is how I can help. And I think setting the tone ahead of time is always so much easier than Mm -hmm. now the mother-in-law is here for four hours and you just want to sleep, but you feel like you have to entertain her or you're not nursing in the way that she thinks you should. Right. So having it set up. And I think for some listeners, again, mom of four here, you're a mom of two, obviously with tons of experience and education, but they might say, they might be listening and think, well, how do I know what I'm going to want? Right. And what is that mom? To that mom, I say, then just think about it. Think about what you, you ideally would love in that situation, but also this is just a plan. And just like I say with birth plans, a birth plan isn't, this is how my birth is going to go. Yada, yada, yada. It's really about the whole process is educating yourself on what options are available. It's not, this is how it needs to go. It's, Oh, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And it's really just to educate yourself. The same thing with a postpartum plan, it just is there. It's an exercise to really educate yourself on what resources and help and, you know, routines are, are good for you and your family and be flexible with them because it is perfectly normal and healthy for you to change your mind. You might say, Oh, I thought it was going to be fine to have all my friends over and like, Oh, be all about my baby. But no, I'm experiencing just a lot of attachment and anxiety. So I just want only me and my partner and my baby and nobody else. And to 
be okay with that. This is the time where you can be selfish. This is the time where you can speak up and advocate for yourself and for your baby. And if people do not understand and respect that, then to heck with them, <laughs> like, yeah. then they don't really have your best interest um, at heart. Uh, so this is the time that you need to really listen to yourself. It doesn't have to be in an ugly way. You can absolutely say, hey guys, you know, maybe I had a really tough birthing experience. I thought I was going to be in a better place and have all these people over, but I'm just not capable of doing that right now. I would really appreciate it if we could push this back a couple of weeks. I hope you understand. Thank you so much. We appreciate your love and support. We will be in touch soon. And you know what? Your partner can say that. You don't even need to say that. That can be in a text message. Like, yeah. so, so this is the time to be selfish. And this is the time to advocate for yourself, your baby, and your family. I love that so much. And, you know, really just rounding out this first takeaway, we all create, most people create a birthing plan but we also need to have a postpartum plan. So I love that. We are going to have Nina's free resource in the show notes. So you can click on that and get your checklist. Nina, will you bring us to your next takeaway? Yes. I think that in the postpartum time, really being gentle with yourself physically and emotionally during this time is so important. I know that you guys hear this because you know, you're going to be <laughs> leaking from every orifice, like from your boobs to your vagina to like everywhere. <laughs> and you, you just have to realize like, oh my goodness, my body has been through so much for the past nine months, growing this child to now delivering this child, whether that was vaginally or via cesarean and being gentle with yourself, because we are so, I don't know what it is. We are so kind and forgiving when it comes to other people. When we look at pictures, I'm always like, oh, she's gorgeous. Oh, she's just glowing. Look at her. And then I look at myself and I'm like, (laughs) in the same situation. And I'm like, why can't I view myself in the same light that I view other women being this like glowing goddess. And that's what we need to really kind of turn the tables back and really say like, no, this is my moment to be kind to myself and be gentle and to just remind myself that this is a process. It took me nine months to grow this baby. It's going to take me another nine months to a year to like feel back to myself. Maybe it's shorter than good for you. I applaud all of you women who needed less time. I needed a good nine months to feel back to like my normal self, because again, your body is changing. Your hormones are shifting. Oh my gosh. They plummet as soon as you give birth. Um, and like I said, you're leaking. This is the time you need to plan for that care. Uh, so not only getting that support, but also thinking of all the things that you need postpartum to recover. So having those padsicles ready, having that witch hazel spray, having, uh, your, your, (laughs) your nursing pads, like all the things to really help make sure that you are healing. And then again, just making sure you have someone that you can talk to. I think that's the biggest thing, emotional support. We, I think a lot more people talk about the physical because it's a lot easier checklist that you can order on Amazon, (laughs) but the emotional stuff is harder to talk about. So having those conversations with friends and picking a couple of friends or family members and saying, you know what, after I have my baby, is it okay that I call you in the morning or at night or whenever, um, if I'm feeling down, like, can I, can I count on you to, to answer your phone so that I can just 
talk this out with somebody and having that agreed upon beforehand. So then they know if you're calling, they need to answer and being that so emotional support for you. So just, yeah. And, and recognize those hormones are going to be everywhere and you feeling up and down, um, from one minute to the next is very common. Um, but also have these conversations with your partner so that if it is something more than just maybe a little baby blues or something like that, that you can get the true support that you need from a therapist, or maybe by getting on some medication, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. We have to have a healthy mama to have a healthy baby. So, so yeah, that would be my biggest thing is being gentle with yourself physically and emotionally and preparing yourself again, back to that point. Number one, having that support for that physical and emotional um, recovery for yourself too. And I want to unpack this a little bit because I, I think, like you mentioned, there, there really are two elements to recovery. One is the physical, which is a little easier to see. And then second is the emotional that if we're not advocating for ourselves is, is really going to be harder for other people to identify because it can be masked under, oh, she's just tired or, oh, you know, maybe she just doesn't know what to ask, right? Just kind of different things when it really is something like postpartum depression or, you know, even just, I don't, I don't think I had postpartum depression, but I definitely had some baby blues for sure. Um, where you have, it's, it's this, um, this unusual, like I could have never described it before giving birth to my first child, but you carry this baby and there's this like element of excitement, right? And it's this moment. And then it's almost like the birthday party and you blow out the candles and like the party goes home. And now you're kind of like, wait, but I thought it was going to be something different. And for me, I did not look at my child and start crying and, and think, oh my gosh, I have this bond. It really took me, I would say a few weeks to maybe even a month or two. I can't remember quite now, but to really feel bonded to her. Like she was born, my first daughter's name, Brooklyn. And I really just kind of looked at her and I was like, Hmm, like I know this person, but I didn't have that, you know, in the movies, you see people are crying and I didn't have that experience. And immediately I turned inward and thought, Oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm like devoid of emotions. Um, is that, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I, I have shared that with other people and they're like, I felt like that too, but nobody talks about that. Can you share that element just a little bit? Oh my gosh, Tara, you, yes. I have had so many moms as a postpartum doula who have come into women's homes. They eventually share, oh my gosh, I need to tell you something, Nina. I feel like I don't, I I mean, I love my baby, but I feel like I don't really love my baby. Like, I feel like I'm not that connected. Am I like, is that terrible? Are you going to report me to CPS? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Do you know how many moms feel this? I want to say the majority. (laughs) I want to say the majority feel this. I want, I want to also say when it gets to a point of, I don't want to do anything with my baby. I don't want to hold my baby. I don't love my baby. I wish I never became a mother. Those kind of words. That's when I start uh, saying like, okay, we need to go talk to your doctor. We need to, you know, do something. But if it's more of like, I don't feel connected. Like I care for this baby and I, 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 I love the baby, but I, I don't feel the like, oh my gosh, this is my heart that I'm holding and that like gushy, mushy love stuff. And I want to say, I didn't feel that way either. (laughs) When I looked at my son, I was like, you're this 
purple raisin that like I pushed for three hours and thank God you're out, but holy crap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not feeling the love. <laughs> and I think when you're pregnant, you, you literally are connected because the baby is inside your body and you feel the, the kicks and you feel, you know, those, those moments. And it is, it's such this amazing connective experience. And then the baby is out and you just expect that that's going to continue. And like that, that heart and that connection is going to be there. And then it, it builds. So I, I I think I have had, so I had my daughter when I was 25. So I was the youngest of all my friends. And I had a few friends reach out to me and and kind of say the same thing. And everybody's embarrassed, ashamed, right? I felt like I was a monster. I didn't even tell it to anybody because I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to even say it to my husband because he not, he won't love me, but he'll think what a horrible mother who wouldn't love their baby immediately. Um, but I had a few friends, you know, tell me, and I said, it grows like it will, you, you know, once you have those breastfeeding experiences, or even for moms who can't just the, the feeding of a bottle where you are literally keeping this baby alive and then, and then it grows over time. Um, but there's so many, I think things like that, that we on the emotional side that we don't talk about, are there other elements that kind of fall under that category where people don't really talk about, but should, I think that people don't talk about how hard breastfeeding can be. Yeah. I think that you, just like you were saying that, um, oh my gosh, this baby, oh, they're born and look at you. You are like my soulmate and we are in love and happily ever after. And now here you go, here's my breast and you perfectly latch on and yeah. like on to, you know, like that is not how it actually works out yeah. at all, you know, and for some women and babies, they do perfectly latch. And for you, unicorn mamas and babies, I am so jealous, (laughs) but for the grand majority of us, it is a lot of work. Um, because maybe baby has a tongue tie or a lip tie or a cheek tie, or, you know, they, they have too high of a palate or, um, you have inverted nipples or flat nipples, or you have a very low supply and your milk doesn't come in until five days postpartum. I mean, I have seen so many different instances and it is a struggle. And women thought, I thought this was going to be so much easier. I thought this was going to be this bonding, beautiful experience. And I literally want to crawl out of my skin and scream. And to those women, I also want to say, you are not alone. There are so many mamas that also experience that. And to that woman, I want to say, if you really want to continue, let's get you the support that you truly deserve. Let's get an IBCLC. Let's work on this. Let's have that baby evaluated to see if there's any kind of issues that we can correct with latch. And then for the mamas who are like, I don't want to do this. I want to tell them that is okay. You don't have to. And you are not less of a mom. You are not like, no one's going to know when your kid goes to kindergarten, whether they were breastfed or formula fed, I promise. So at the end of the day, if that's, what's going to make you a better mom, then do it. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, um, a conversation. I mean, we could have a whole podcast on that, but there's really, (laughs) it'll turn on that, that if you are like killing yourself to breastfeed, then it's the, the benefit does not outweigh the mother's emotional health. 
for me with my first daughter, I was traveling Monday through Friday, which in hindsight, again, 25 years old, so crazy. This was 2012. So it was like pre-internet or pre-social media in a way. And I went back to work at six weeks. I was with a startup and they were like, does four weeks work? And I'm like, six, they're like, okay, which if you're working from home, maybe, but like I was on a plane Monday through Friday and I was, I was pumping in the airport and I was still trying to do it every two hours. And of course my milk supply starts going down pretty quickly. And I'm like bringing it through TSA on ice. I mean, it was a nightmare, but I, I committed, I was like, I'm going to do this until nine months. I'm committed to it. I had read some studies, how it, it was better for the brain and, you know, babies don't get as sick and later in life, you know, just all this. And so what happened, I brought my daughter in at six months and she had dropped down to the bottom, like 10% of weight. I was literally starving her. Like in my quest to solely breastfeed her, I was starving her. And so my doctor was like, Oh, you know, you couldn't really like figure it out. And then he turned to me and said, you, you're, you're breastfeeding exclusively. I said, yeah. But what I didn't say was I'm only pumping and my milk has gone way down. And so it was, again, I didn't even realize to bring it up. And that's when he said, um, you know, let's try. And at this point she could do food. So we started introducing some food and then very quickly I was like, okay, she's eating food. Like, I think you can have formula too. And then she bumped, she's has been consistently above hundred percent in height and weight. So the fact that she was that far down, like I was literally starving her. And so it's like, you know, always kind of look at all the options because starving your baby to only keep breast milk is, is a horrible option, obviously. <laughs> But I, but your heart, where you were at with that, Tara, like it's such in a beautiful place. It's not like you're like, I am, I want a skinny baby. I need my child to be tiny. Your heart was in the right place. So I understand that wholeheartedly, but yes, at the end of the day, like, you know, just feed your baby. I just want your baby and the mom to be healthy. And that's, that's what to me matters. So I am not here to judge anybody on their, their birthing or mothering experience. I'm here to let you know what options that are available to you and for you to make the best choice for, for yourself and your baby. And that's how it should be. I totally agree. Let's jump over to physical really quick. Um, in terms of, we hear this, like get your body back. Right. And I've seen some means that say I've never lost my body. When do you feel like people should start working out? When do you feel like they should start losing weight? How quickly, when should people diet, you know, with breastfeeding in the mix, like tell me all the things on, on the physical part and kind of rebounding. If that's, that's not the term we want to use, whatever term we want to call it. Well, and I, I couldn't agree more with you never lost your body because if anything, you've probably found it. You have found how amazing it is. You have realized, oh my gosh, my body is capable of so much. And, but I hear you and feel you mamas. If you were looking in the mirror and you're like, who is this person? Like, I don't recognize myself anymore. I understand. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that you're doing this in the healthy, healthiest way possible. So I 
obviously always recommend every person is different. So you have to talk to your doctor because some people who have high blood uh, sugar or have diabetes or whatever, you have to really consider your own, um, your own medical history. But I, I am just like, let's just focus on your emotional health at first. And if your emotional health is also being triggered by your physical health, then let's talk to somebody and let's get moving. And I just think like starting slow, like just getting outside, honestly, just getting outside, going on walks with your, with your family, a first place to start. But obviously the standard rule is waiting until six weeks postpartum. Once you get that clearance at your postpartum checkup from your doctor that you are allowed to, you know, do physical activity again, but maybe are you finding yourself having some incontinence issues? Maybe you shouldn't be doing too much exercise until you see a pelvic floor therapist. So I just really say, be gentle with yourself. I think a big part of it is diet. Um, Cause what do they say? Like even though I hate this whole saying of like abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Um, like it, it can start off with, with, you know, I'm actually going to cut out a little bit, you know, some of the sugar or whatever it is. Um, cause for me, how I was able to, um, lose my weight is I did intermittent fasting and that worked, uh, for me. And that was also cleared by my midwife. So we felt good about that. <laughs> so really understanding what works for you, um, what works for your, for your health history. And at the end of the day, if you also like, maybe you were a size four, you're a size 14, there is nothing wrong with that. You are gorgeous mama. And like your body should be celebrated for everything that it's done. So, but if you do not feel like yourself and you want to do something different, that's okay too. And to find the right support, um, around you to help you feel, uh, more confident and more like yourself is, is definitely the way that I recommend, but just be gentle with yourself, please. You, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> no, I, I love that advice. It, and it's, it's, I think it stems from you have some celebrities who walk out of the hospital and the jeans they, you know, wore before they were pregnant and you're like, I want that to be me. Um, but yeah. And I, um, one thing I did was one of those like belly wraps. Do you, are those legit? Do you recommend those? Okay. I do in a certain okay. sense. So postpartum, like postpartum belly binding, um, is a wonderful thing, but n- not when you're trying to squeeze yourself super, super tightly, because when you're doing that, you're actually pushing your organs down on your pelvic oh. floor, which is already super weak and cause you to have probably more incontinence issues and really a lot of pelvic floor issues. So while I do support like finding a good belly binder, um, because it helps support your abdominal wall until it gets strong again, because obviously it's been very weak and stretched out during pregnancy. So it can give you, you know, while you're trying to like sit back up and regain that muscle strength and also support your uterus because it has to involute usually takes about six weeks, but don't think, Oh, it's not a waist trainer. I waist trainers are awful for postpartum actually for anybody, because it, all it does is it's basically pushing all of your organs to give you, you're going to pee your pants like forever. If you're going to be doing that kind of stuff, (laughs) I think like, I don't want you to have those kind of issues since it'll really weaken your, your pelvic floor. So that is a wonderful tool that you can use postpartum for recovery, but just be mindful of that. When you put it on, make it, make it feel nice and snug, but not to the point where you're trying to like 
break circulation kind of thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Nina, this has been such amazing information. We have a third takeaway that if we want to go over it super quick, cause I know we're at almost the top of the hour. Do you want to jump into that just very quickly? And then we can wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you mamas have heard this, but I just feel like it's really important to say it again and again and again, just so that it's reaffirming. Cause I also feel that when you hear something over and over again, you start to believe it's true. And the big thing I want you to know is just listen to your gut. Like you're going to be hearing all of this advice solicited and unsolicited, and you need to take everything with a grain of salt because you, what worked for your friend, what worked for your sister, what worked for me might not work for you. And that's okay. So at the end of the day, you know, yourself, you know, your baby better than anybody else because you're with that baby all the time. And if you feel like something is off, then, then find the support that you need. If you feel like, Oh, well, that sounds like a good idea, but I don't think my baby will like that. Then don't do it. You need to do what's right for you and your recovery and your motherhood and do what's right for your baby. So, so you are the sole person that is taking care of this little one. Your friend is not coming home with you to take care of that baby. So at the end of the day, just listen to your instincts and, and do what feels right in your heart for, for your family. I love that so much. Okay. This was again, Nina, amazing conversation. I could talk to you. I have so many notes and I will include all of these in the show notes. And if there are any other guides or checklists or anything like that, if you want to send them to me, we will make sure that those get in there. So everybody can just easily click on them. And we have a really quick fire round. So we'll jump into that. Um, okay. What are you currently binging on TV? Oh my gosh. I just finished stranger things. And so I, I know some people are totally not into it, but I'm hooked. I, I love it. And now I realize that the next season isn't until 2024. And I'm like really sad about that. Well, that's really far. Okay. I, I know. watched on Netflix, um, bad vegan, such a bizarre, it's a documentary. It's bizarre in the best way. I would totally recommend it. It's, it was pretty quick. Um, okay. What is the most recent book you've read? Oh my gosh. This is, this is really sad. Um, but I read baby books. Um, I read, a Tina, <laughs> I sad. um, I read, uh, Dr. Tina Payne Bryson's, uh, recent book, which, um, of course I'm forgetting the title. Um, but I have it over here. She's written the no drama discipline and the whole brain child. I just read, I think it's like baby uh, bottoms up baby, baby bot. I I don't know. It's something like that. And it's a fantastic book, um, that I think, uh, is wonderful for actually expecting moms to read so they can feel more prepared for babies. So that was the last book I read. <laughs> I love that. And it's so funny because every guest we bring on is always reading something that pertains to their field of expertise. And like, I'm reading this book called it's your ship. It's about like management, right? Cause I'm a manager. And so it, it just always cracks me up. And when you said baby book, I expected that. Um, okay. So you're a busy mom of to you're running a company what is your go-to productivity app like something you use to organize yourself oh my gosh my go-to productivity app um right now i have been using clickup i really love clickup what's um it's a fantastic it's a fantastic like task management app 
Um, so, uh, we have it for our whole team to be able to assign things. That's how we organize like our social content calendar. We work on that's, we even use it for like our sales system. Like it's, it's, it's a really great task manager app. So that's how I, how I keep organized. (laughs) I love that. And last one, what's your go-to de-stressor? My go-to (laughs) de-stressor. I'm laughing because it's an awful one. Oh no. <laughs> um, no, it's what I, I like it, but it's not a very a good one that I would recommend to other people. But whenever I'm feeling really stressed, like really, really stressed, like having a bad day, I drive to my grocery store and I buy like uh, either a pint of uh, or a half a gallon, depends on how bad of a day or hard day it was, of mint chocolate chip ice cream and sit on the couch and watch some TV because I actually don't watch much TV. I maybe watch two hours a week. Yeah. Um, so uh, so <laughs> whenever it's been like, oh, I really need to distress, it's been too much. Yeah. I don't, I don't go to the healthy stuff of like, I oh, I do a meditation it. app and go on a walk, like not bring on the ice cream and turn on the TV. <laughs> that is way too funny. Cause you know, most people come on here. Oh, a bubble bath. I go on a walk. No, yoga. Uh-uh. no. Uh, if that's what, if they're being real, then I love that, but I am, I'm definitely being real. And that's what I do. <laughs> I love it, Nina. Okay. Where can everyone find you guys? Oh gosh, you can find us on Facebook. I think our handle on Facebook is at Team Baby Chick, on Instagram at The Baby Chick, on Twitter The Baby Chick, uh, Pinterest The Baby Chick, um, and then of course our website, uh, which is baby-chick.com. And we follow you guys on Instagram. You have an amazing following. I think like two hundred and fifty plus thousand people. So if you loved this advice, definitely jump over and follow them there. Everything is free, which I love. And I think it's amazing. They have guides, they have blog posts. Um, it's really going to be your one-stop shop for all things pre and post baby. Nina, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. 